and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched a new K-drama. Um, we actually are not doing four episodes. Uh, we are doing two episodes at a time this this time around, and we're doing it for a long time, because you better believe it, we picked one with two seasons, 12 episodes each season. That's right, it's Hospital Playlist, ladies and gentlemen, and other non-binary folks. We are going into medical drama territory. I'm so excited. I think, like, I would, I never label myself as someone who loves medical dramas, and then I start watching them, and I'm like, no, wait, I do. I grew up on House. I loved Dr. Romantic. That was one of my favorite K-dramas of all time. And we go into this, and I'm like, oh, Meg, it's on the legs. Here we go. Show me what's going to happen. <laughs> Tell me all the gross stuff about it. I don't want to see much of it. I just want to know. What are you going to do? Tell me. Yeah. No, I do love... It is almost... It it's slice of life-ish in how dry all of the medical stuff is delivered. I mm-hmm. mean, at least even in house there was so much dramatization. Never got into Grey's Anatomy. I imagine a lot of dramatization. Um yeah, I imagine I would be hooked on that crap if I were the proper age group to have watched it. I yeah. would have loved it. <laughs> I'd be eating um, that crap up. Yeah, I mean you could always go back how many seasons of that show is there now like a million i don't know but it's too old yeah it's like trying to pick up er yeah. or something and it's like it or just like goes trying to get into far. seinfeld where you're like i know it's funny <laughs> but like the jokes just don't hit as hard when they're like just a few years above your age group you know like i i don't think Grey's anatomy is quite as old as seinfeld or anything but it's just there's a slight enough age gap that I don't think I'm interested. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, I feel like the medical stuff in this, I'm not going to say it's not dramatized at all, but it feels very day-to-day life in the hospital versus, you know, House or Grey's Anatomy or, you know, it almost reminds me of a less comedic Scrubs, which I've heard is one of the most accurate to life in the hospital shows um i heard that in exactly one place i don't know why i said i've heard that (laughs) as if it is a tried and true fact that everyone knows (laughs) i heard it on the sawbones podcast where they talk they have an episode they talk about medical history on that show it's dr sydney mcelroy and her husband justin mcelroy he's a comedian and she explains medical history to him and they do a couple episodes where they talk about um, medical shows in history and how they kind of stand up. And she talks a lot about how Scrubs is, like, yeah, pretty accurate to life. Like, um, at the very I least, just Scrubs. because it's so good. It's like it's one so of the good. best shows I've ever seen. It The comedy is so good. It's mm-hmm. heartfelt. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's like an episode every three seasons that makes you just ugly cry. Yeah. But it's there's so, so much good. drama and so much silliness that like, ah, oh, it just keeps you going. Keeps you hooked. Yep. 
Yeah, and this show reminds me a lot of that. There's some silliness, you know, there's like Darth Father, who <laughs> is wearing a cap over top his helmet. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was, yeah, uncontrollably laughing at the scene where we meet all the priest and nun siblings. Yes. Such perfect comedic timing. Like, it wasn't just that the joke was there. It wasn't just that all his siblings are in the clergy. It was the delivery of that message. So good. It's so good. They The little, like, jokes... I don't even want to call them little, because that was, like, a good running for, you know, a good couple minutes joke. The, the punchline was so good. Mm-hmm. They did such a good job. And, yeah, just stuff like that. Um, I really enjoyed the negotiating uh, their positions when he was offering them positions in the VIP ward. And the one friend, the one doctor friend, didn't want to come back unless the band would get back together. Mm-hmm. And they all knew that the band wouldn't get back together unless uh, unless they gave Song Hwa the lead singer position. Mm-hmm. And that was... I was oh. laughing super hard. That was killing me because it was amazing the way they um, set up just everyone being furious as he... Mm unapologetically offered so much more uh-huh. to everyone else or to to uh the the fourth friend the fifth dragon um <laughs> just unapologetically because he was trying so hard to get him back on board to come work mm-hmm. in the hospital so good and then obviously yeah to finally see why they were so reluctant to let Songhua be the lead singer She's gonna be awful like, at it. Awful. Just so bad. I love that their band is talented, but not perfect. That yeah. makes me so happy. It's not like, oh, we're doctors who also have time to be professional musicians. No, uh-huh. they're doctors who, just for fun, got together and started a band. Which, yeah, I think they do a great job at that in general, of being like, they have personal lives to some extent but their personal lives are fairly messy because they're doctors and they're always in the hospital uh prioritizing their work life like it's not gonna be perfect outside these walls when everything is they're trying to make everything go well within these walls that's just not gonna happen even they make the uh, joke, I guess, that Sung-Hwa is like a ghost because she can balance so many things, which is everything I wanted for her and more, to be like, the only female lead is basically perfection and better than anyone we could have imagined. Yes, give it to me. Chef's kiss. That's perfect. But, <laughs> in general, they're like, all these people have things that they're great at and things that they're pretty hardcore struggling with because... They're working so hard at their careers, and that's respectable. I love it. Yes. Oh, the poor sad lead uh, going to his brother's uh, church to try mm-hmm. and do confession about how much he's struggling, and then his brother taking him out and getting him drunk and being like, you're fine. You're fine. 
and he was so sad. And then oh it goes back God. for like five years. That I didn't expect, going back five yeah. years in the past and him just being on a freaking roller coaster. Yeah, because we were right there with him. I think this show does an amazing job of going back and forth between the drama and the comedy, where I was sobbing. I was snot dripping down my face, like uncontrollably shaking, crying so hard when that little girl died. And I think we were all there. Yep. Cried my stupid face off, and I've watched the first episode twice now. So, and yes, this was the second time, and I did, yes, this second time cry my stupid face off. So sad. But then you laugh, like, five minutes later. They give you a good amount of time to mull in it, to marinate in your sadness, to appreciate the beauty of this show and what they're doing. And then slowly transition you into, like, he's had this sadness before, he's gonna be okay, and here's a little bit of a laugh. We'll show that, like, he goes through this moment almost every year. This is something that happens to this poor man. Like clockwork, and it's just part of the job. And yeah, sometimes it feels like it's going to bring him to his knees, but it never does. And it never has. And if it ever does, then he'll just become a priest. Yeah. But until then, he's got his brother to constantly be like, just one more year, bud. Just do it one more year. Like, not even, not a single care of the world. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I hear you. Just one more year. You've got this. That's very good comedy how are they doing it (laughs) after i cried so hard my eyes still hurt and they they brought it back they were like now we'll make your cheeks hurt (laughs) you feel like laughter it's not too soon you he you you're all sitting with the sadness let's laugh together (laughs) (laughs) but you said just before we started that um in, like, as good as the pacing is, and as beautiful as the timing is for all of the scenes, like, flowing together and the storyline going together, maybe the biggest drawback of these first two episodes is the onslaught of character introductions that we get. Oh my god, there's so many characters, and they're all wearing the same white coat, and mm. the same scrubs, and... We're supposed to know the difference between all of them and what they're doing and who they are. Or maybe we're not. Maybe it's the first time we're seeing them. But all of a sudden they seem important and significant, like they have a storyline. And I do not know. When the interns showed up in episode two, I did not know that we had not seen them before. Once more, let me reiterate, I have seen this before. I haven't seen the whole thing. But we started it for our watch parties back on the Patreon when we were doing those. And so I I watched it. I had my baby, so I was not there. Yeah, and then they were so good. The show was so good that I stopped. I was like, okay, let's stop here because I think we might do this bad boy for the podcast. It's a very good show. And, but anyway, yes, once again, I, it's like I knew we hadn't seen the interns. But the one doctor that looks like the doctor he was coming to see walks into the room 
and there's these two doctors that, oh, oh, wait, no, those are interns. We don't know them. Have you met them? Yeah, yeah, I remember them from the past scene. No, you haven't met them. What are their names? <laughs> these are new people. Okay, uh, my, my bad. Uh, do we know those people over there? And they're like, yeah, they've been in the show the whole time. I can't do this. I think the interns were were okay with me. It's the amount of residents that oh my god are just running around. All the residents. Yes. Um I was also telling Emily just before we started. It's like if they took all of the doctors that worked with House. If you watch House, you'll understand this. If you don't, then I'm so sorry. But it's like if they took all of the ones that that he had before, and then the ones that came in later to replace them, if they introduced them all in the first four episodes of House, and they were like, remember these people, just like, what? I can't, I can't remember all these people. Yeah. (laughs) Again, it's like, I don't think we're supposed to remember all of them. And we're doing an okay job. They're not, it's not a blur of faces. No. Um, We've got s- something to work with here and there. But... There's the five friends, and then yeah. the, ter- the the residents that surround them, and then mm-hmm. the interns that surround the residents, and then mm-hmm. the cafeteria people, and then also the people that they're dating. So, like... <laughs> and there's other doctors? There's a lot of children. And some hospital of them staff? Reoccurring children. <laughs> yeah, some of them aren't. So just remember yes. which is which. Yeah. Do do we know this kid? Have we seen this kid before? Yes. So that's Darth Father's son. Wait. That's not... No, that is Darth Father's son. Yes. Yes. Final answer. Yes. No. No idea. Like, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? I mean, they gave Darth Father's son a pretty intense haircut. And like... Yes. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I think that'll help. But if they put him in a hospital bed for any reason, if they're like, he's just taking a nap in the pediatric pediatrics ward, I will not survive. <laughs> I will not know who that kid is. I do not see him. He does not exist. Like, ugh. Um, can I tell you one character that I think maybe really shined in these episodes that, like, I don't think maybe was intended to, because obviously there's a lot of introductions, we meet a lot of great people, we meet a lot of okay people. Freaking Director Jew already had the biggest arc that I've ever seen in just two episodes, where he starts off looking like the biggest bad guy you've ever seen, and I think he plays the bad guy in a lot of shows. He definitely was a bad guy in, I want to say, I said the word definitely, I shouldn't have, I'm sticking with it. He was definitely the bad guy in K2, I think. Okay. Definitely. Definitely, maybe. I'm not positive. (laughs) I know he's in a million shows. He's in everything, and he's usually a bad guy. Yeah, so we all were sitting here waiting for him to, once again, bat it up. And he kind of, like, they built it up. That that's who mm-hmm. he was. They were like, he's vying for this like director position or like CEO position, whatever. But uh, I think the young son is gonna swoop in and steal it, which like nepotism is bad. I think we can all agree on that. 
But also, like, you can't steal a job. I don't know. Just, like, let's let's get the board of directors to hire whoever is most capable, not just hire whoever's quote-unquote next in line. Okay? Anywho, this is supposed to be a storyline that we care about, and suddenly they're like, no, Director Ju is like the nicest person you'll ever meet. He's just very quiet and sullen. And I'm like, he is me. He is my RBF. Just being like, (laughs) that girl has a mean face and I think she's mean. And then the people knowing me being like, oh, she's not. She's just got a, you know, mean mopey face. But like, don't worry about it. On the flip side of that, I have been told that I have resting up approachable face i mean i coined the term but people are like no you're just very approachable like you you, you're so friendly and it's not even that i try to put off a vibe it's just that i'm so socially uncomfortable just like 80 percent of the time that it's just ironic that you're like (laughs) the nicest most lovely with the rbf and i'm out here like resting approachable face and someone tries to talk to me and i immediately am like my whole brain shuts down and I'm like, yeah, I love ranch. I love ranch. <laughs> I don't that much. It's fine. I'm, I put it Hello. on a salad. What's your favorite tree? Is this, uh, <laughs> is this the kind of conversation you wanted to have or you're leaving? Okay. Uh, I'm a socialist. Just like shout it in people's face immediately. <laughs> we just met. I'm a socialist. I have actually, I've done that to people recently. Yes, I'm still uncomfortable with the fact that I did it. I don't know why I did it. Not like shout it in their face, but it's like first conversation, maybe like ease in to socialism. Absolutely not. (laughs) Bring it up quick. Make sure that this conversation can end if we need it to. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, But yeah, I love that Director Ju was like, supposed to be this big bad guy and then they're like no he's super super nice and he just went he went to the board of directors the like head guy on the board of directors and asked him if he could have a tree for his wife and then his poor wife dies and you're like i am much too crushed by this they have done an amazing job in a very short amount of time yep yep they did a whole character arc for him in like I like an episode, pretty much. Yep. Well done. <laughs> I'm in it. But also, yeah, I guess he's done now. Like, he might yeah. just quit and be off the show. Who knows? Because it's like, yeah, he kind of served his purpose, right? Because he's there. He, you know, had his thoughts about what the VIP ward actually is as contracts were being signed and things were being passed around and... He and the young buck that he thought was stealing his job actually had like a good a good talk about stuff and now they all work at the hospital and it that's I don't know maybe like maybe he'll have another storyline but it kind of feels like maybe that was his full arc like you said like maybe that's it and he's gone yeah and he's just like now in the background being a director somewhere doing something yeah I kind of like that for him. I'd like him to be in the background in, like, um, administration. I think he'd be good there, a good fit. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see see what happens. 
Because I like him. I like the mom. She seems cool. Um, but I know we're going to focus a lot more on, like, the doctors and the hospital staff. Freaking, freaking GS resident Dr. Jung. I think she was an interesting one. She's the one with the glasses that's, like, they described her as the baby with 13 dads who can do whatever she wants. And I think that instantly makes you, like, kind of not like her. I went so back and forth on her so many times because you first see her, like, trying to work and everybody's a little bit, like, up in her face and she's just like, I'm working, dude. Like, I'm going to try and be the best doctor I can be, but as far as what I'm doing in this moment right now, I'm trying to get something done and you're up in my face a little bit. I'm like, that's cool. (laughs) That's a vibe. I respect her. And then later she tells a mom, like, "Mm, your kid would have lived if if only you'd done more. And I was like, I will never forgive you. I don't like you for the rest of the show. And they have the moment at the end of episode two where I think it's supposed to be her turnaround moment where the homeless guy comes in with the maggots on his legs and she starts, like, taking them off by hand when everyone's like, we could just get a vacuum in here and, like, start sucking them up. That's kind of protocol. And she's like, I'll take them off by hand. And I think everyone's looking at her like... She's an angel. She's a better doctor than any of us could ever hope to be. And I was like, I don't get it. What is that? <laughs> I think maybe just like a, she's not cons. Yeah, like no, I agree. Where it's like her doing it by hand maybe doesn't make her an angel. It does make her capable because she's not worried about it. She's just like, okay, well, we've got to get these off of him. So we can start disinfecting this and take care of it. And we can't just sit around and ho-hum and be like, who's going to get the vacuum? Do we have the vacuum? How do we get rid of these? Like, let's just start. And if someone wants to go find some other tools, whatever. Like, that's very capable. That's very practical. That's very, like, I'm not worried about it. I'll start this. If a better option is presented, let me know. (laughs) But yeah, it was... Kind of an interesting moment to have be her, like, uh, like... What was it? Because I don't think they ever presented her as not being practical. Right, because that was the whole thing with her bedside manner or whatever, right? Is that it maybe wasn't the best bedside manner. She was just being very practical. She wasn't, like, thinking about it when she said what she said. And then the other main, one of the five... The five friends, the Fab Five, was like, <laughs> you've got to, like, talk to people like they're people. That, that's a thing. And she was like, oh, that's a thing. Yeah. And I don't feel like there was any turnaround from that conversation. I think yeah. if she had talked to the patient and been like, hey, uh, we need to get these off of you. I'm going to start, somebody else go get the vacuum, yada yada, I don't know. Like, show me some progress in that direction. But to just be like, he is not a person to me. I'm going to do, I'm going to start my job and not acknowledge (laughs) this person that's writhing in pain. That's not, like, he's not really responding to anyone anyways. But I think, yeah, there was just no progress in the direction of like, the area that she's lacking in is bedside manner. So let's fix that. 
Yeah. Maybe it was instead the like turning point or moment of growth for the one of the the one of the Fab Five who originally <laughs> was like you've got to you've got to have a better bedside manner, but instead it was him being like, "Oh, we all have our strengths. Hers is her practicality." Mm. Or maybe yeah, maybe it was more on him. Maybe like the scope was more of him seeing her for who she is in that moment. Which I hope is the case, you know? It's not necessarily that I think she shouldn't grow, but also, like, that would be an interesting way to put it instead, to be like, okay, well, yeah, she's gonna grow, but also we can appreciate people's strengths when they have them, and hers is that, like, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty, and she is not worried about things that don't matter. She's just worried about the things that do. Yeah. And I guess that's a good, like, that's a better uh, character arc, is to be like, yeah, the characters who clearly have some some flaws, some areas to grow, are going to grow. But also these characters who we've maybe put on a pedestal and shown as, like, very capable and almost perfect, they've got room to grow too. Like, they've got things to learn. I think until you said it, I was like, well, he's, like, perfect. He doesn't have any areas to improve, so why would he have to learn anything? And 11 like, out of 10. 11 out of 10. I think a lot of TV shows just condition you for that, for being like, um, no, we've got our main characters, and they're great. They don't really need much change, much to change about them. Um, this one? They're like, no, he seems perfect, but also he could learn a little bit. I can appreciate that. Yeah. You know what I appreciate about him so much that uh, I didn't recognize the first time I watched it and then did this time around? What? First episode, um, I remember the call being made to the daddy long legs, like social um, services type situation. What yeah. I didn't remember was the wraparound at the end where he gets the text that's like, thanks, Daddy Longlegs, we were able to pay for another person's surgery. And that he, Aww. this whole time, and then I think he talks about it when he, like, cries to his brother and he's like, I don't, like, do anything. I just, like, I don't have it. I'm dirt poor because I spend all of my rich kid money on making sure people get surgery that they need but can't afford. And huh? da 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 da, but I ha- I, I'm really grateful for rewatching this because I just completely <laughs> missed that the first time, and it mm. was amazing. Such a cool thing that he just does, and all of his friends are always like, "I do not understand why this man is not rich. He is a freaking rich kid. Why is uh-huh. he always letting me buy him dinner?" It's yeah, like, why is he always preloading? <laughs> He spent all of his money on your patient's surgery. (laughs) Yeah. He's very cute. Oh, what a good boy. All of them are very good. I don't think we've uh, gotten to know many of them very well. I think uh, homegirl, Dr. Cha, Cha Sung-hwa. I looked up her name. Cha Sung-hwa, we got kind of the most glimpse of in these four episodes or two episodes whoa my brain just died <laughs> um homeboy 
who you've been calling the main character, and I get that. On Jungwon. Yeah. He's not really. Like, he is, but he's not. Like, yeah. I it's see why he could be. Yeah. yeah. But, like, we've gotten the second most from him. We got his family history, essentially, and then a few scenes with him and his brother, and a few scenes here and there of, like, how he interacts with a, a, a variety of people around the hospital. Yeah, he's like the main character of episode one. Yeah. And everyone, like, the other three, kind of in the background. I am rooting for this dad character, because he's a dad. I love him. Oh my gosh, he might be my favorite. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is there a specific reason, or just, like, in general? Just, like, the cute dad vibes. Mm. I I think I really got on board with him when they were like, he's not just cute dad vibes, he's also paying for his nanny's flight home from her vacation. Like, he's not, and not only is he paying for her flight, she's also like, oh my god, I got the days wrong. I'm not going to be there to, like, watch your kid when I thought. And he's like, no worries. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. You got a bonus day off. That's so exciting for you. Enjoy your time with your sister. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so cute. We got Glasses Boy. Uh, He's all right. (laughs) Uh, Raquel and I had a little bit of a talk about his final scene in late episode two, which is... mm, We got that final scene with him that was rough i think maybe not the best moment like it was fine it just felt a little bit like one of those internet stories where like you do something cool and then everybody stood up and clapped for you where you're just like a shower argument where you go talk to the ex-boyfriend who cheated on your best friend and i say to him like you gotta tell her and he says to me what, do you have a crush on her or something? Like, why are you freaking out about this? And then I would say to him, do you even have friends? And he would get all flustered and kind of freak out at that because that's like a real good comeback. And he would go, yeah, but they're all boys because I'm normal. And then I'd say, no, you're not normal. You're old-fashioned and kind of drop the mic and walk out. Like that, mm, mm, kill it. Get him. Get him. Get him. Like, no. Ah, it's a little bit cringy. Yeah, I was telling Emily how I just wanted more of, like, cat vibes of, like, him walking into the office and, like, knocking something off of the desk and then pointing at the guy and being like, fuck you, and then walking away. (laughs) And then just going and telling her himself and being like, we're not going to do the make your boyfriend fess up and be an honest person because we don't trust him anymore. I will tell you he's cheating on you. Yeah, but, like, yeah, I don't know. All of that was a little bit silly and weird. I liked the conversations that happened between uh, she and him of, like, man, it sucks that you kind of thought my boyfriend was cheating on me and you didn't tell me. Like, that that hurts. And obviously they kind of bicker about it at dinner, but then he sends her a text afterwards, which was very sweet, that was like, hey, I just want to make sure, are your feelings really hurt? Like, because we should have another conversation if they are. Like, 
sweet. That's good communication. That's good communication. But, like, that's kind of the entirety of the storyline we get from that guy, right? Pretty much. He's Cha Su Hyun. What is her name? Dang it. Cha Sung Hwa. (laughs) Cha Sung Hwa's, like, friend. Which is, there's five of them, they're all friends, but that's kind of his role so far. Yeah. That, yeah, like, they're all five friends, but those two seem pretty tight. He seems really tight with, uh, pr- not Priest, Andrea, I think they call him. Mm-hmm. Um, he feeds him dinners, then Andrea's really, I th- like, they're all friends, and it's those moments that, like, establish those friendships that I like so much, too, like, kind of with time. We'll get more interactions between all of them. But yeah, right now it's like those two have had a lot of really good interactions. Like they really established their friendship early on. Yeah. And then the last guy, uh, Yang Suk Hyung, Dr. Yang. Yes. Has the least of the five. They're just like. So far, yeah. They're like. He's uh, here. He has a mom. He's not the main character of the first two episodes. He'll. We'll give him an episode sometime between one and five. We'll circle back to this one. I I did have one question. I don't know if you know the answer, but maybe you know because you've watched four episodes and they circle back to this, or maybe it's just something that went over my head because I'm an idiot. In episode one, at the very top, they have electricians come, and one of them gets electrocuted, and then on the way to the hospital... He grabs, uh, I just said his name, Dr. Young's hand, and he's, like, holding his hand, and Dr. Young gets real weird about it, and he seems, everyone's like, what's going on? Why is he shaking so much? And Dr. Young seems like he's lying when he says, like, oh, he's just cold. He's just cold, everybody. Nobody worry about it. Can you turn up the heater in here? It's freezing in here. It's, like, a really, like, supposed to be funny, but I don't know what the joke is moment. Yeah, I don't get it necessarily either, because I can't really think of what that ties back to other than, like, he hasn't been working as a doctor for a while. It's, like, literally, and that's me just positing that it could have something to do with that. But, I, yeah, I don't remember if it comes up later. Um, Yeah, I just, I'm not sure about that either, if that was, like, a comedy moment or not. Because, yeah, at the time I also was just like, Weird reaction to have to a person who almost died reaching out to grab your hand. Is this like a weird... I feel like they played it as if they had a secret relationship. And Dr. Young was like, I don't want anybody to know. So like, he's just reaching for me because he's freezing. But it like never hinted at that in any other way. It never came back up. No. I have no idea what that was about. Give us our secret relationship or don't make things weird in the back of the ambulance. Just let them hold hands. Okay. Just let a doctor hold his patient's hands. Or explain to me that they have a secret relationship. You gotta do one or the other. (laughs) But they gave us nothing. They were like, you guys get it. You get it. We're all in on this together, right? No. But I guess let's move on. And they did. Absolutely. They never came back to him. They were just like, and he's the guy who likes his mom, which, adorable. I'm always here for that in a character. 
Yes. We do get more of that. We get more, mm-hmm. like, backstory between him and his mom's relationship, which is the best. I love not just, like, oh, well, he's a mama's boy, but, like, look, they it's, like, real people with a real relationship. It's not just, like, a, a fun joke that we've invented. Mm-hmm. That's very cute. I was excited when uh, Dad's doctor, Dr. Daddy, uh, jumped on the phone with Dr. Yang's mom and was like, let me talk to her. That was very cute. I love a group of friends that knows their friend's parents. I think that's something that like happens less and less with adult friendships. So yeah. it's like, oh, that shows a next level of cuteness. Yeah, it always makes me happy too. Also, it helps that, like, I like all of my friends' parents, so. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's I, just a very, like, uh, self-centered way of looking at the world of being, like, it's better that way. It shows a deeper <laughs> sign of friendship to know your friend's parents when it's like, okay, well, it's just because you know your friend's parents. That's, like, <laughs> that's where you're coming from, really. But, like. That is how, like, at least our friendship and then all of our other friendships, for the most part, like, we all just kind of, and that also might have to do with us being friends for so long. Like you said, it might be more of a a later in life as adults. It happens less and less, because I definitely think I have some friends from college whose parents I haven't met, maybe. Yeah. But then I moved to a super small town in Japan. And then I knew everybody's parents because it was just a tiny town. Because everyone knows everyone. Because everyone knows everyone. So it was very cute. And I loved that. Yeah, I'm worried that, like, now in Tokyo, when I meet adult people, I probably won't meet their parents. That would be an oddity. Yeah, you could ask. (laughs) Too fast. So it's very (laughs) cute. It shows, like, a... A deep relationship to be like, these friends are, they're all doctors, they're busy people, and they kind of know this guy's mom. Like, that's neat to me. I just, I'm going to keep talking about that through this whole series, because that's neat to me. They're all cute. I love their friendship. I'm so excited to watch it develop more, because if this is how much friendship we're getting in the first two episodes, can you imagine by the end? how much friendship we're going to be filled with. That is literally all we ever ask for from any (laughs) K-drama every single time is just please give us more friendship. And then Mm -hmm. finally we found a K-drama that's like, you got it, friendship times five, let's go. Two seasons, here you go. We knew you wanted more. I love it. It's what we need right now. And we're dividing it up into two episode chunks so we can make it last forever. And I think it'll help us- what? Oh, and also these episodes are very long. So. so these episodes are wicked long. So we could not <laughs> handle four of them like jeepers. But it'll help us get back on our on our mental health games to just have an easy ride with our K drama. Our little slice of life friendship K drama. Yes. This is it. This is our golden years. Our golden thirteen weeks. Our golden 13 weeks, every time I talk, I look down, and I'm so sorry when you edit this episode. (laughs) 
No, it's okay. This episode has already decided to be buck wild because for some reason I yelled I'm a socialist into the microphone and I think I'm going to have to take that one out. And then no. I'm going to have to take it out again for this just now, plus the time the audacity froze. So we're doing great. We're doing great. We're killing it. This is, we're I can't wait to get to this episode. Mental and technological breakdowns on both sides of the ocean. Pray <laughs> for us, y'all. Pray for us. Think of us fondly after we've completely imploded and dissolved into particles in the universe. Ha <laughs> In like three months. In like three months. We've got to get through this, this show first. first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Same brain, Raquel. Yes. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? I'm good with keeping this episode a little shorter since we're just doing two at a time. Yeah, let's go with Let's go with this. I can't think of anything else that happened that we talked about Daddy Longlegs. That's the only thing that's been on my mind constantly. Um, also, that they called it D Daddy Longlegs. I do want to talk about that split second. They called their social service program Daddy Longlegs. It's like, is that not a type of spider to everyone? Or like... is it a type of spider, but it's like beloved? Does it... Do we consider it a helpful type of spider? I don't hate them like I do many other spiders, so. Or is it, like, supposed to be, like, a sexy thing where they're like, no. It's because Dr. An, he's a daddy, okay? And he got those <laughs> legs for days. This is not about the spider at all. This is about Dr. An specifically. I mean, it's not inaccurate. Legs for days. So, like, go for it, but also... I assume the kids are going to think of the spider. I don't know what your plan was, but Daddy Longlegs, <laughs> what a choice. And that's all. That's all. That's all she wrote. But yeah, thanks for joining us for these first two episodes and for our longest stint on the K-drama yet. We need this, and we hope that you need it too, and it's a nice, chill way to watch K-dramas through the holiday season. Yeah. Um, if you want to talk to us long form, you can always email us at plankpodcast at gmail.com. And we love, love, love to hear from you there. Yeah, we also have our little quick hey uh, channels, which I think most normal people call social media. Mm -hmm. The first is plankk at plankk on Twitter. And then we are at plankpodcast on Instagram. Yeah. If you want to find all of our past episodes, you can go to playonk.com and there you can leave comments on episodes. You can find a sign up for our newsletter so you never miss when you start a new show. And you can find links to all our affiliates, which are NordVPN, Skillshare, and Blueberry Podcast Hosting. Yeah, and then uh, we are found on many different streaming websites. You can find us, uh, yeah, I mean, you're listening to us now somewhere, and most of those places have a place to rate, review, and subscribe, and doing so is the freest way to help us. Uh, it helps other podcast, K-Drama podcast listeners find us. If you want to support us on Patreon, we would appreciate it so much. We're probably going to dial it back, or we probably have dialed it back. So go check out our new format for whatever we've decided to do for our Patreon. And yeah, just give us a little hey there. 
tell us you wanted to support us and you love us and keep going through these trying times. Yep, as we try to just tread water. Uh, <laughs> Thank you yeah, to all of our existing patrons. We appreciate your support so, so much. You've been our buoys in this time of treading water, but we are... Uh, yep, we're doing a big switch up, probably, just to help us and, and you guys. Uh, so, again, I feel like we just switched it up, but... We could not have anticipated. Anyway, we'll get into it more on Patreon. So if you want to hear more about that, the journey of our Patreon, check that out. And I think that's just about everything, right? Yeah. Thank you, as always, for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening and join us next week for the next two episodes of Hospital Playlist. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.